Movies and Booze on Moncrief. I'm pleased to say we are joined uh, once again uh, by Fanula Jones and Leslie Williams and by Rory Cashin uh, to talk about uh, movies today. Good afternoon to you all. Good Hi afternoon. guys. Uh, so Rory, what movies are we talking about today? Yeah, two big ones today. One is the third in the prequel series of the Harry Potter movies, so it's Fantastic Beasts and The Secrets of Dumbledore. And the other is a romantic spy thriller called All the Old Knives that's going exclusively to Amazon Prime Video. Right, why is it called All the Old Knives? Because that's what the book was called. <laughs> <laughs> There's no actual knives in it. No one's old. It's all great. No, I think it's it's a metaphor for uh, old stab wounds and people stabbing you in the back and stuff like that. Oh, so deep. it's it's, yeah. it's bringing bringing up history and uh, particular relationships between the people involved. Right. Okay. But Chris Pine is in it. This kind of sounds like a movie he's been in before. Yeah, like this one is particularly more. It's it's very going for a Hitchcock vibe in in the mix of ah, the romance right. and the spy stuff uh, and it's great supporting cast with Lawrence Fishburne and Tandy Newton and Jeremy uh, Jonathan Price um, so yes it, it does remind as you're watching you're like this is a bit like 15 films I feel I've seen quite recently but <laughs> right, uh, okay. th- thankfully it's it's a good remix of yeah, them but if, it's on Amazon Prime if you have the subscription anyway it's going to cost you nothing so is it Spanish wines we're talking about Spanish today wines, Leslie yeah but one is specifically from Mallorca I want to talk about Mallorca which is a place people don't think you of you don't no and there's loads of really interesting things happen there you just think it's of a, restaurants with pictures of the food yeah. that's all you think <laughs> of it it's a microcosm of what's most interesting about Spain uh, Mallorca and Menorca somewhat and somewhat the other islands and even Tenerife the guys who are making wine there are exactly the kind of wines you should be seeking out from Spain in my opinion right okay um, well that's so. uh, that's very interesting now I was shocked to learn that uh, uh, Chris Smith smacked uh, or Will Smith <laughs> smacked Chris Rock I, I, first time I'd heard of it brand uh, new information brand new information yeah. and at the risk of making people stop their cars to throw up to hear about it again what's the latest thing I know I'm really sorry but this is just kind of the story that keeps on giving in terms of fallout so uh, the Academy's Board of Governors are meeting today uh, to discuss possible sanctions against Will Smith it was originally scheduled for April 18th but and basically their reasoning for moving it forward was that the original date was set because they were looking to either suspend or expel him but because Will Smith uh, resigned himself from uh, the academy they don't need to do that anymore so they've just brought it forward um, basically his resignation means <clears throat> excuse me uh, he can't vote for the Oscars but he can still be nominated like his win for King Richard isn't going to be taken away from him so for uh, sure for sure I think yeah, yeah. well suppose it remains to be seen we should know probably in the next hour in terms of what's going to happen um, but in terms of career wise for him as well it's kind of we're still seeing the ripples of that the Hollywood Reporter had this week that there's like two of his projects at the very least two are kind of on ice as a result of this mm. Bad Boys 4 which I know people will be very upset about Woo-hoo! including you Sean <laughs> yeah. uh, and Fast and Loose which was a thriller in which he plays a crime boss with amnesia which is not ideal when you need to do crimes I would imagine yeah you have to, well he could have written a note to himself yeah. crimes I have to commit yeah. people I have to kill <laughs> just on the fridge with a magnet yeah, yeah so. uh, uh, right okay but so they're having this pointless meeting today say what are we going to do about this serious thing oh nothing right Head yeah to the like I mean they could take the award off him yeah I do I would they though I don't like I, I, I maybe it would be a thing to show that they're doing something but like I don't know it just seems letting having letting him go up and win I just after it happened I don't know. 
But I do agree. I think it is just like a formality at this point. Like, Why do you think when he went up to get the award that he got the standing ovation? Shock, maybe. I don't know. I think for... Well, I will say, I think mm. if you look in the room and look at the reactions of people, I think for a long time people still thought it was a bit or thought it was a bit yeah, at all. Yeah, maybe. And yeah. that wasn't, then it wasn't really clear, you know what I mean? And then it was, it, that speech, every time I think about his speech and him saying that sometimes the devil comes over you and after seeing what happened, it's just like, I, know. I can't even fathom it. But yeah, we'll see. It could amount to a whole lot of nothing, but it's happening today anyway. Yeah. So. So does that mean, though, he's, at the moment at least, he's nothing to do with himself. He's sitting at home twiddling his thumbs. I would say himself and Jada are going to address it in their own series. That oh, they're they going to do that red the table, red table talk. Oh, yeah. God, that's what I was hoping. That's, I, that's the worst case. Think, Why punish us I think with their self-indulgence? I think they're going to leave it on ice for a while. <laughs> But I would say the best way to control the narrative with something like this is to control it yourself when you have your own platform. It kind of seems like a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Because I can't see any of the talk shows or anyone to, or touching them, you know, in that kind of a way. The um, But it's not really going to do his career any harm. This is like, you know, a few months and then he's back doing it again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, there's no... Cancel culture doesn't exist, you know what I mean? It's like... I, I, there's been a very strong reaction to this, but, like, nobody nobody ever really gets deplatformed for something like this. And I think... Uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum, I get it, but, like, they were both wrong in ways, you know? Oh, so no, it's it was like, a really mean joke. Yeah. It was a really mean joke. And, like, I, the whole thing of, like, maybe he didn't know about Jada, I'm like... I find that hard to believe, seeing yeah, as she's... Yeah. It's been very publicly spoken about, but, yeah. Yeah. This I, is not over by any uh, means. For, First one I heard, I thought he was just saying, like, she's no career. She's going to be in G.I. Jane too. I thought that's what I was. Oh, that's a bit mean. Yeah. And I realised that, you know, yeah. the alopecia thing. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know about it either. Me and Chris Rock. We were the only two. <laughs> I, she was on the Equaliser with uh, Queen Tifa there two days ago. I just saw her. Was she? Yeah, she was. It was the, la- the latest episode. She was pretty good. She played a kind of a cat burglar and she looked good, you know. Okay. But I, it was the short hair. So is that Jada Pinkett's bit? Because she'd really short hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure enough it was her. All right, okay. So okay. So she's I, doing I, bits, you know. Okay, well, she's getting a bit of work then. <laughs> yeah, she's doing good bits. for her. Yeah. yeah. Right, so uh, let's, ta- let's talk about our first wine. Yeah, today. so um, it's, I've, I've a glass to pass here. Roy, take Thank that. And then one for Sean. So, um, okay, well, I find it. I should explain, I was in Mallorca and Menorca on a trip with the food and wine from Spain people. There was a Madrid Fusion Conference in Madrid and then I was uh, brought off to Mallorca, Mallorca. Now, we didn't visit the beach. We stayed in, it was kind of cool climate at the time. I'm afraid mm. it was raining and a bit a bit, a bit um, kind of quiet. There wasn't any tourists there and we were visiting salt flats where they're making, where they're pannings for salt and olive oil farms and wineries. So um, this, we didn't actually visit this one, but this is probably one of the most interesting wines in the, in the country at the moment from Mallorca. Um, the one that anybody would know from York is uh, Anima Negra and that's imported by Celtic Whiskey Shop and you get that in Mitchell's and that, that's a bit more available and that was originally set up by four friends and then two friends decided to set up their own winery and that's four kilos which is what you're drinking now. The one is called Motor Calette or Calette C-A-L-L-E-T if you give the English spelling. Um, that's a local grape Calette um, and all mm. the, and what's interesting, what I like about this is it's, it's organic it's natural uh, no sulphur it's exactly the kind of wine that young folks are all drinking that you'll get in loose cannon and table wine and that's in all the cool bars and it's it's by far the best way to go there is no point trying to compete with Rioja there's a million tons of Rioja being made this is local stuff this is juicy it's young people it's it's all pushing all the right buttons for all those natural wine bars in Amsterdam and Paris and Berlin and Dublin and Cork and everywhere um, and it's and they only make 3,000 bottles of this it's a small winery wow yeah so it's uh, no it's not it's a little more expensive it's 25 or so euros I got it in Green Man Lilith, Lilliput stores and so but what I like is that this is not what um, this is what 
people in small countries like Spain should be doing. They have abandoned growing Syrah and Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. They used to throw yeah. it in. Yeah. Growing their own local grapes, keeping it natural, not bothering with wood, you know, just keeping it the flavours of the grape, making it really juicy and fruity to drink. This is, I had a few like this over there. I had one or two that were made in the traditional style with heavy oak use and blended with Syrah and darker grapes to sort of beef them up. But I didn't feel they worked. I felt that the, the bright, juicy, Beaujolais, crispy, juicy styles were the ones that worked best. Like this one, all kind yeah. of red fruits and juiciness. And, yeah. uh, um, and I just think if you're going on the New York, I'm sure many people out there are going to New York on their holidays, like, don't, you know, drink the local stuff. Look, ask for... They they are really proud of it. Anywhere we went that was being served in the local bars and so on. Uh, try the sobrazada, which is the sort of um, soft chorizo that you spread on toast and stuff. The black pigs. My God, we visited a pig farm with these gorgeous big black pigs with big gong ears. Um, and, they, we, and we added, we added about seven <laughs> different ways. Here's your own knife and fork. <laughs> we added about seven or eight different ways. Um, like uh, sausages, some of the best sausages I've ever tasted. And we live in a place with good pork in, in Ireland. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, um, I, I had a great time just sculling down juicy red wine and uh, lumps of pork. And, uh, and it, was, it was very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was nice. Sean, nice. uh, um, who's contemplating a biblical session tonight in Port Marnock, whatever that means. Uh, I hope that means he's just going to mass early, Sean. I just heard your one guy talk about Spanish island wines. El Grifo Malvasia is a gorgeous white from Lanzarote. OK, but there's a load of wines in Lanzarote. Um, I haven't had that. Uh, Malvasia, Malvasia is a common enough grape. I mean... I don't think it's particularly native to there. I think there is some of their local grapes. There's wines from Tenerife. I've had, there's very little of that wine in Ireland. Um, there's some Tenerife wines coming in, actually from Vinicito, who bring in this color. But uh, but look, in general, the wines on those islands are really interesting. And what's interesting about Lanzarote is it's, it's volcanic. So you get that kind of mineral freshness. Um, mm. And I, I, I confess, I haven't had that Malvasia, but I know the grape and it should be interesting. It should be good, you know. Um, do you like that? I think it's, no, I think it's really absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, thing is, yeah. it's, it's um, it's a, you know you don't get the chance to kind of it's usually the same feckin' yeah. half a dozen grapes you get to it's drink true. the whole time yeah it's uh, true and and this is something I've never heard of yeah. before and it's just and you can taste that you know that unusual um, aspect to it yeah. yeah I think so I think it I think it now the the fact that there's no sulphur means it's a little softer but that mm. doesn't mean anything it's it's extremely cleanly made um, but that just allows that bright it, it allows the grape to sing in its own I really feel and um, yeah. um, and really interesting guys they have two better ones as well which are a little bit more in the sort of 30 and that but I mean look I know 26 isn't cheap but okay, you know considering how much we spend on, on other things I think, I think it's, 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 it's fair you yeah, know? What's the ABV on that? Oh it's 11 I'm going to say Oh wow that's so that's, so that's, it's yeah, not going to knock you out No, no, no. I mean, In fact I meant to mention that that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it in is because people are killing themselves trying to find wines that are under 13% well this is 11 and right. that's just the natural state of Caillé of, of that grape it just doesn't ever it's thick skin so there's quite a bit of weight and body to it it's quite dark it's not like a, mm. like a, like a light red wine I mean like like pink or something. Um, this grape is actually used for rosé sometimes as well, and they tend to be a little weightier. Ah. Um, but it is always lower in alcohol. Um, and actually, Anna Manegra uses Cayet as well. That's the one with the red label, which people might have seen as well. That's the other well-known um, Moroccan. Okay, that's so interesting. Anyway, that's so, so interesting. Uh, now, people will uh, probably remember that uh, that Disney movie Disenchanted was being shot uh, in Ireland. Uh, last year, I think it was. Turns out it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Poor in a scary. Like, yeah, they're um, they're t- they're doing significant reshoots for the movie because uh, it did not test well at screenings. Apparently, so they're shooting London. They're doing a, or sorry, I think the village is Hambledon. Not hugely familiar with it. And um, I think they're looking at shoots in New York City as well because I don't know. Like they just said, the audiences did not. The reaction was very mixed. So. 
Sorry, they're I'm not scary. coming back to Ireland to do the no. reshow. So it's like Ireland's fault. Yeah. Specifically Ennis Carey. <laughs> Ennis Carey is single-handedly destroying the movie industry. Uh, think about this. what you did, guys. Yeah, think about what you did. Go, go and sit in the corner. <laughs> think about that. Right, so uh, what movie should we talk about first? Will we get Dumbledore out of the way? Okay, we'll talk about <laughs> Dumbledore after this. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. You know, this is, of course, you had it in Paris. I can't say I have much experience with such things, but it looks to me to be a blood trot. That would be correct. And whose blood is contained within? Mine. And Grindelwald's. Oh, my gosh. All right, uh, that's fantastic. Beast, the secrets of Dumbledore. How many secrets did Dumbledore have? Oh, quite a few, as it turns out. Um... <laughs> And having watched this, uh, and I was quite a big Harry Potter fan back in the day. I thought the books were great and I thought most of the movies were were very good. The problem with The Secrets of Dumbledore is the problem, well, there's multiple problems, but the problem with every prequel is why does it exist? There is a fantastic uh, Patton Oswalt stand-up comedy bit where he just goes off on... The whole concept of prequels and how uh, they're not terribly interesting. We don't really need backstory filled in for characters that we love when mm. they were younger. We loved them who who they were when we met them. And this whole franchise is built off the back of in- introducing us to people who we already know at a stage where we love them. Uh, so meeting them when they're younger is just not terribly interesting, which is kind of the, the core concept. And that's of, actually, to, uh, no disrespect for Nola, but, you know, most young people are assholes. It takes a while to... Uh, <laughs> no one will disagree fair, with you. Uh, all right, yeah. <laughs> fair and correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at the core of this, there is, uh, it's, it's on the precipice of World War Two, and Jude Law is playing uh, young Dumbledore. And he's essentially going to war against his ex-lover who's played in this movie by Mads Mikkelsen who replaces Johnny Depp who played the character in the previous movie. Uh, and it's it's on the, the edge of both World War II as humanity knows it, but a potential war between all magicians, evil magicians, let's say, and uh, people, just regular humans who have no magical powers uh, in order for the magicians to take what they believe to be the their rightful place in the world. And that's the central plot of the movie. Right, okay. Uh, and, you see, again, we know that war didn't happen. So, yes. kind of, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, so, uh, And we know who is alive in the Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. So the sense of uh, threat to anyone being alive or dead, especially, the, especially Dumbledore, who is at, at the core of this, and you're mm. like, well, we see him later in the Harry Potter movie so there's just there's this is vacuum where an interesting hook should be uh, and everyone involved is trying their best Jude Law is actually fantastic as a young Dumbledore he's very very charming and charismatic on screen uh, a lot of the cast give it their best but on top of that there is just the air of everything around this from J.K. Rowling to Johnny Depp's absence to now Ezra Miller this week is in, is in the news uh, so it's just it's so very difficult to watch this film about uh, these wizards who want a world of open-mindedness and peace and just knowing where it comes from. It's just, it's complicated. But I think if you can kind of compartmentalize that and just watch it for what it is, there's some aspects of this that are good. It's much better than Crimes of Grindelwald, which was the last Fantastic Beast movie. But there is just a sense of like, 
why are we watching this what is it about who's the central character where is this going and we know there's at least two more because there's a there's a contract of five of these that sounds extremely confusing but is it a rehash of the original series which was all about you know what's his name Voldemort hating um, non-magicians and it wasn't initially because the first one was like this magical zoologist movie where a guy lost all his magic animals from his magic briefcase and had to go around the world <laughs> collecting them and that's that's a that's, cute enough movie yeah we can all relate to that <laughs> yeah but like I think that was enough trying to stretch it out into this five movie epic where we kind of know where most of these characters end up anyway isn't Star Wars made the same mistake prequels were like yeah, we know oh, who yeah. lives we know who dies do we need this no that's you it. know you're going to get hate mail from Star Wars and Lord, <laughs> uh, uh, and fans bring of this it. stuff. You bring, know. It on. bring it on. Bring it if, on. If, oh my if God, they that's... can, uh, conf- uh, you know, argue their points that uh, there is something something more to this that I'm not aware of, I'm all ears. Uh, was uh, J.K. Rowling uh, involved in this? Yes. So she co-wrote this script. Um, she solo wrote the first two Fantastic Beasts movies and this is the first one that she's co-written and it's brought back on, I believe his name is Steve Cloves and he wrote every single adaptation of the original Harry Potter movies. So there is okay. a lot of nods back to the original movies in this mm. and I think fans of that franchise will find more in this to enjoy because it is eking more towards that tone than what the previous Fantastic Beasts movie was. Um, so she is still very much involved and if you go around the city right now there's posters all over the place and all over the posters is mm. from J.K. Rowling uh, yeah the, uh, you know uh, who's making a similar mistake just from uh, what you said there that, like the Star Trek franchise has been starting to spread so thin mm. that they're just they're basically recycling plots yep. and if there's references to other you know bits of the Star Trek universe then and then you read reviews afterwards and that's all it's about, the references, not whether the story's garbage or not or whether it's just, you know, basically a retread of something else. Yeah, it's, did you notice this? It's, yeah. it's all for, it's kind of an, a self-fulfilling loop of just we're watching this to see what it reminds us of that we've seen before so we can go back and watch that and then around and around we go. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it, I just have a, I have a, if there's anyone out there who thinks there's ever been a decent prequel, let me know. I can't. I can only think of one and ironically it's Fast and Furious 5. Fast and Furious 5 is excellent. Yeah, correct. That's a, that's a prequel, isn't it? It is, believe Did it or not. they travel yeah. back in time? To... It just, the events just take place before the previous movies. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Brian wants to know, is it true there's going to be a remake of The Full Monty for Disney Plus? Oh, please, tell me. I hope yes, that's true. Yes, yes. It and is. it's the same cast the going back, cast isn't it? it? I'm not sure if it's a movie or if it's a series <gasps> off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I'm not 100% is. sure either, but, but it's, that, it's happening. Cast. It's 100% happening, so yeah. So it would be like yeah, the yeah. sagging Monty. They could be training in a new group of Monty's for the show. Oh, that makes right. sense. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore. No secrets. Ugh. And action! Movies and booze on Moncrief. Right, congratulations to her. I should point out for legal reasons, there are no cash machine gods. It's a completely secular uh, arrangement. Uh, also, I've got to mention today's hashtag is News Talk Movies for pretty obvious reasons. Tango and Cash Machine uh, being one. Uh, lots of Andrea Gilligan's Island and uh, So You Think You're an Adulterer. We're actually going to change the name of the slot to that. Uh, time for our second movie today. It's called All the Old Knives. Here's your clip. What are their demands? Five prisoner releases, two here in Austria, three in Germany. We have 24 hours. 
What's the likelihood of the Austrians and Germans giving in? Still waiting to hear from Merkel's people. The assessment is that she'll fold. So we don't know. God, politicians. What we do know is that Elias Shashani is in Europe and may be coordinating this. All right, time to shake up our networks. Bill, Celia, that's you. Ernst, call in some favors with the Austrians. Owen, cut through the chatter. Find out what they're planning next. Sir. And Leila, I want you to dig deeper into each one of these assholes. Yes, Chief. There you go. That's uh, three of the main characters in a washing machine from the sounds <laughs> of it. Uh, Rory, uh, can you illuminate what was going on there? I sure can, yeah. So most of the movie takes place uh, within a dinner between Chris Pine and Tandy Newton's characters and they are ex-partners and ex-lovers, both of which used to work in the CIA, but 12 years ago there was a terrible terrorist attack that went badly for the CIA. They thought they had it all under control and they did not. Uh, 12 years on, they have not discovered who was actually behind the attack. So Chris Pine's boss, who's played by Lawrence Fishburne, sends him out with the case effectively reopened to f- try and find out what happened and uh, primary suspect is his ex Tandy Newton so they go and they meet up and they have dinner and over the course of the dinner we flash back to the attack we flash back to their personal time together and we flash back to potentially the different uh, reasons and suspects behind who could be involved in that attack okay well, that's in- an interesting way of structuring it mm, yeah like it's it's very as I, yeah, as I was watching, I was like, okay, someone's been watching a lot of Hitchcock. Someone's mm. been really trying to mix the old school romance with the old school spy stuff. And I'm absolutely on board with that. This is attractive people being attractive in attractive places and right. talking about attractive things that they've done together. All while you know, the constant layer of who's the spy, who's the mole, who's who can we trust? Can we trust anyone? Probably not because it's a spy movie. Uh, and we've just got Pine and, and Newton in this in the centre of it. Pine is consistently showing off that he is a fantastic character actor. Hollywood keeps trying to make him into this hunky leading man, but if yeah. you've seen something like Hell or High Water, you know how fantastic he absolutely can be. And then Tanny Newton has been kind of overlooked a good bit by Hollywood. Mm. Um, she had a fantastic interview a few years back that kind of explained why she was pushed aside a little bit, but you can see lately with the likes of uh, Westworld and now this. Like this she is was the, in Reminiscence as well. Or that, she that, yeah. was. It wasn't a great movie. But she yeah. was great in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's consistently great. And in this, she's given a proper kind of leading lady chewy role to get involved in. And it's great just to see her front and centre again and just consistently be, be great. And then you've got John Price and you've got Lawrence Fishburne. And it's just an international globetrotting sexy spy right. thriller. So, uh, and Because Jonathan Price is in it, he's the baddie. I'm not going to give that away. Okay, he's always the man. <laughs> you said attractive people and Jonathan Price. Uh, that's, uh, that's, basically, that's basically what you've got there. Speaking of attractive people, this is an intriguing uh, prospect that never came to, to pass. If Gwen Stefani had been cast in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, would she be married to Brad Pitt now? Potentially, Or divorced yeah. from Brad Pitt. It's like one of those sliding doors scenarios, yeah. isn't it? Um, this is potentially more common knowledge than... But she's talking about it this week again. She was on Ellen DeGeneres promoting something and Ellen asked her, oh, what's a movie you audition for? Um, the, or the people will be surprised you audition for. And she said, I went for Mrs. Smith and kind of made a joke, as you made yourself there, about how things could have been very different. But she'd said... When she said that, I was like, okay, like the way obviously the media spins this is like, it was between her and Angelina. And I was like, okay, was it that or did she audition? You know, but... Mm. She said in an interview in 2008 that it was absolutely between her and Angelina. So, could have been very different, yeah. yeah. She doesn't do much, though. Am I right? What has she, what is she ever acted in? She's in The Aviator, and that's the only thing that's coming to mind. Yeah. 
Um, nothing else is springing to mind. But another remaking Mr. and Mrs. Smith for TV. They are, yes, they are, they are for Amazon Prime with Donald Glover and uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge had been in the role uh, since exited. Uh, he's saying now due to creative differences um, or whatever, but uh, that she's role has been... She's about two foot taller than him. Maybe that, that was a... I'm just never... That's that visual... difference. That's yeah. That's logistic difference. Yeah. <laughs> I just never saw her in that role. Ever. No. When we were talking no. we were talking about it before, I thought it was him, yes. Mm. The two of them together, I'm not sure. But she's obviously has her own <clears throat> her own Amazon deal now. She's in the the Indiana Jones thing as well. But basically it's a Pen fifteen co creator and the star Maya Erskine. She's gonna be in the role now. Donald said they're getting on very well. He's currently writing the finale. We can expect that maybe end of this year. Oh, so next he, year. Donald is writing it. Yeah, ah, he's writing well, it and in it. He is Mr. Smith. Ah, right. So he's kind of the showrunner, really. Yeah. So no wonder Phoebe Waller-Bridge didn't want to be involved yeah. in that because she's used to running her own ship. Yeah. And she's out signed that deal recently as well where she's just be, going to be doing about 800 more series and projects as well with Amazon. So I don't know. She's she, fine. She's busy. Uh, no, I'm sure she is. But like, I don't know how humans can maintain that level. Like, here's a load of money and then you go, all right, I'll sign. And then go, I have no ideas whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'll do a prequel. Uh, and, and, and then you're on, you know, a more uh, another round of churning out garbage for mm. people because it's just unfair to uh, rely on, on them to be laying golden eggs all the time. I would yeah. Thought. Yeah. No yeah. more reboots, please. Just please. Original stories. Okay, um, I just because uh, uh, we were talking uh, the Fantastic Beats, uh, Beasts is a prequel. Um uh, so just a few to just shoot at you here, Rory. Just okay. give us your, your quick reactions. Prometheus yeah, yeah. is a fabulous sci-fi film and a prequel to Alien. It is a prequel to Alien. I agree with that bit. Yep. Okay, there we go. Uh, the uh, Godfather Part 2. This is a technical one, really, this is, whether it's yes, a prequel or not. It is both half uh, prequel and half sequel. Um, they are, on a very technical level, 50% correct. So yeah. what is that, like a C plus, C minus? That's good. But most people would think The Godfather Part, part 2 is a great film. Oh, um, there's no debating that. Yeah. Like it is, it's one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah. But uh, is this a uh, prequel, is, is, yeah. is my point. It, it's half a prequel. It's prequilly. Yeah. Prequilly. Yeah. Not yeah. to be confused with Free yeah. Willy. Yeah. 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 And uh, Rogue One, great prequel, says the text star. It is a good movie and it is better than some of the sequels and all of the other prequels, but is it as good as what came before? Mm, no. Yeah. So it's the best of a bad lot, is what you're saying. It's the really. It's the best of anything that wasn't from the original trilogy, for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right, we'll move on to our uh, second wine of the day. And you, you, we, we, there was a mention of that in Tomas's clip about... Uh, yeah, it was about lemon cake and he was thinking about... Uh, he, was, he was talking about Brown Brothers, Orange Floor Muscat, which I don't think is available anymore. Uh, but it was a really good dessert when it was around. But the other one he mentioned was Tokai as a possibility. Little have a Tokai at 15 euros. Tokai is normally 50, 60 euros a bottle because it's very difficult to make. But they've a pretty decent one at 15 euros a bottle, a five Petonios level. Um, okay, what does five Petonios mean? So Petonio is a, is, a, is a kind of a basket. <laughs> Me and my five Petonios. We're going to come around your house. <laughs> it's a basket, basically. And uh, they measure the sweetness. They would dilute it slightly. The, the, the basket is a certain amount of, of grapes, basically. And then that's how much in relation to the amount of wine that they make. So a, a five Petonios is a much richer, sweeter version than a four Petonios or a three Petonios. Usually you see three or five. Um, six Petonios is sweeter and is twice the price. And then a Sensia, which is just pure 
juice from the petonios because they dilute down slightly from the five petonios because it's mm. very, very, very intense. The really good tokai can literally take, you know, years, like as in 10 years to finish fermenting because it's so, so, so sweet. That was the world's greatest wine for two millennia until the communists made a mess of it in the 50s. Um, it, it's a really incredible sweet wine, um, but they just completely messed it up. These days it's back on form, but it's much smaller production than it used to be, you know. Right, okay. Um, it's a really interesting wine. And, and why did the communists mess up? How did they mess up? Because it was small producers and they just um, um, nationalised everything and made them into collective farms and quality just went on a deep dive down. Because um, it was all about small production, high quality, and then suddenly um, they basically made it into a collective thing and the wine just became very, very dull and insipid, you know. All so, right, okay. Um, so uh, let's move on to our second wine of yeah, the Yeah, so I chose this. Now, this is um, uh, another fresh tasting wine uh, from Spain. And um, it is Tempranillo, but it's from Roberto del Duero, a region that needs more love. Um, although it is arguably Spain's best wine region, some would argue. Um, and it is from 900 metres uh, altitude. So nice and high up. Uh, this region gets nine months of winter and three months of hell, as in it is so hot in the day and it's so cold in the winter. Um, and even the days are really, really hot in the day and then really cold at night. So the grapes are just really fresh. And it's from Corkscrew, which I, one of the reasons I wanted to bring it in is they are 18 years old today and it's 18% off this wine and all their wines at the moment if you buy a, a couple of bottles. Basically, okay, in all the right. Shop. Uh, now, it. this is a bit more... Yeah, but weightier and fresher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it doesn't really compare with the other one. Um, but I think I think there's a freshness there that I quite liked, you know. And yeah, uh, no. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, this is kind of what we drank before. You'd maybe have with lunch. This yeah. you'd have with dinner. I think so. Exactly. That's what I think. Yeah, well, yeah. And would, this would go. But would the last a bit cooler. And one, another thing was that I had some of the best lamb I've ever tasted in Roberto del Duero. Um, young um, suckling lamb, basically, uh, with this wine, with the wine not unlike this, basically, and it really, really works. And Easter's coming up, and I thought that would be another reason to bring it in. <laughs> Your cholesterol the, must be through the yeah, roof. Yeah. Oh, can I tell you a very odd fact about The Godfather? Do you know yeah. that without The Godfather movie, Francis Ford Coppola would not have bought Nebo and Coppola and helped revive Californian wine? So The Godfather is also oh, responsible right. for the fact that there is now really interesting, complicated California wines. One of the reasons. One of the right. Reasons. Okay. But, but he was, was he the first to do well, it? He or? wasn't the first. There were some other good producers as well. But he has always been, because of his prominence, he's always been out there selling it and focusing on it. And, and, and it's extraordinary stuff. Nebo and Coppola. It was a great estate when he bought it, but it was in ruins pretty much, and he completely revived it. And he makes really oh, yeah, interesting yeah, attaching wines, yeah. a big name to it kind yeah. of made it sexy. But he blew all the money from the, the first Godfather movie on building this winery and throwing millions into it. And it's a great wine. Right. So Good for him. Uh, right, so you don't really hear about Sandra Bullock being mean to anybody or about anything, but uh, Miss Congeniality too? No. Yeah, she said in an interview this week because obviously she's promoting The Last City, which she's in, uh, pretty sure is out now. Um, she said she shouldn't have done it. And uh, I think a lot of people would agree. Probably yeah. the only celebrity I've ever seen admit to not do it. Well, also, it's good for her to say that now after she's gotten the cash and done it. But um, yeah, and she said she would definitely, absolutely, like there's no chance of doing a third. She said she loved the experience of filming with uh, Regina King, but otherwise, no, hates it. Doesn't look back on it fondly. So. Right, and why? Did she give a reason why she doesn't look back on it fondly? She just said it shouldn't have happened, shouldn't have been done, the story was done, so. Yeah. It is a bad movie. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh no, it is. I mean, yeah, no, it's a terrible movie. Oh, but, but, bad, yeah. Like you'd think yeah. at some point she would have kind of made a decision not to do the movie. Uh, rather than, you know, dissing it after the fact, then sorry, you know, suck it up. It was your decision. Yeah. yeah. Plus she did Speed 2, which was also bad, so maybe oh, just yeah. Yeah. don't do sequels yeah. for a little bit. Or mm. ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. No more sequels, no more prequels. Now, I forgot to mention that uh, the uh, winner of the News Talk branded headphones uh, is uh, Adrienne Byrne. Uh, she knew that Ivan Yates was Minister for Agriculture. 
And uh, also as well, uh, we do have our five names uh, for the, uh, the five finalists. One of these people is going to win uh, a week in the Conta Cali Bay Resort in Corfu uh, for two people. Uh, the five are Rachel Quinn in County Sligo, Niall Neville in County Wexford, Lorraine Prunty in uh, Baldoyle Dublin 13, Therese O'Neill from Clonakilty in County Cork and Joe McCauley. Uh, from Kilcornan in County Limerick. Now, Fanula has dressed, uh, has changed into a silvery dress uh, <laughs> and has a big wig on. Uh, and so she's uh, ready now to to choose uh, today's winner. Drum roll. We don't have one. Okay. I'm just rustling okay. up here. Okay. Fanula, go for here it. Here we go. Joe McCauley. Joe McCauley. Well done. You're the last name I read out. Joe McCauley from Kilcornan in County Limerick. Uh, congratulations to you. You are off uh, to Corfu at a time of your choosing. Uh, well done to you. Uh, right, that's pretty much our, our lot for today. Thanks to Fanula and Rory uh, and Leslie, our production team today. I've completely forgotten all their names, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, I'll see them again on Monday. <laughs> they're, they're employed here. Uh, uh, right, Stephen McLoon was vital to the whole thing. That's about it. Uh, right, okay, uh, Kieran's up next. Is Kieran still in America? Yeah, nice. <laughs> Nice. Nice for Kieran. Uh, right, we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. And action. Movies and booze on Moncrief. <laughs> <laughs>